and welcome back to Galswick Lane. If you watched the last episode, we've got the same guys on. We couldn't get enough. We're talking about real estate and wanted to dive into some more stuff, real estate, business, uh, all things attached to that. We've talked about this show is kind of becoming like the business real estate investor type deals. I think that's kind of where our niche hits. Um, but at the end of the last episode, there were some things that we wanted to get into. And one of those things is from a client's perspective. You know, as, as people buy houses or sell houses, most people that you guys probably deal with, they may only do that once, twice, maybe three times in their life. So it's not a process that they go through often. Right. If I'm a seller and I've never done this before, walk me through some of the pitfalls, the things that I need to know. Give me the nuggets of what's gonna, what I can do to make this process go smoother. So the first thing I've noticed just in the short time I've been in it is... Oh, by the way, if you didn't watch the last episode, I'm sorry. This is Bailey, and this is Tyler, and this is Genty. All right, go ahead, Bailey. Sorry about that. No, you're good. So um, a lot of people that are looking to buy houses, specifically first-time home buyers, which being younger is kind of seems... I get a lot of them, just being friends, mutual friends, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they don't know that you don't have to have the house listed to sell it. They don't realize that you can sell any house that is on the market as long as you use us exclusively. Okay. So I've had people call me. They're like, hey, I know you can't sell this house, but do you think you can get me in contact with somebody? And I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm part of the um, Longview and Tyler MLS, so I can sell mm-hmm. anything here. Then if, like, I know on the last show that you do with Genty, um, he talked about the Dallas MLS, and it's not hard to get it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, we can sell any house that's on the market, off market. It doesn't matter. Okay. That's so. a good point. And that I would have never thought that people would would even think that. So, that's a great point. Tyler, you got any nuggets? Ooh, from the seller side? Yeah, from the or, or the buyer. Um, it, somebody that's walking through the process that's never done it before. Um, if you're from the seller side, be upfront about anything that you know is wrong with the house. Okay. Sometimes they try and hide it. Disclose the yeah. information. And then it makes us look bad, too, because... We don't tell the buyer about this stuff. There's going to be an inspection. Right. Right? Mo- it's going to be found out. Yep. Most of the time. Um, in, the, in the last market we were in, it's going to shift a little bit, but there wasn't as much. Um, you had some deals that had no inspection periods on there, no option periods. Uh, but, yeah, definitely be upfront about that kind of stuff because uh, that can come back and bite you in the butt. Um, okay. From the buyer's side, ooh, uh, make sure you're just working with an agent you trust 100%. That's good. Um, Listen, if you wouldn't go to lunch with these guys or girls, whoever your agent is, if you couldn't stand them long enough, or maybe even if uh, you wouldn't go, I would put it so far as like if I wouldn't go on a hunting trip with him, then I wouldn't have him as an agent. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if I can't stand this guy for more than two days or the lady, whoever whoever your agent is, then they're not the right one for you. Yeah, because you're going to deal with this a lot. Yeah. 30 or 45 days, depending yeah. on, I mean. There's some personalities that just don't match. Right. And but that's okay. For agents, too. There's yeah. certain clients that we don't match up. Have you ever turned down a client or, or pushed them to another agent? I have turned down a client. Okay. What's so. that conversation like? It's hard. Yeah. I mean. It's awkward, I'm sure. It's, I mean, you know, it just, sometimes it just doesn't work. And yeah. in this case, you know, it just didn't work and. And you know the the schedules didn't didn't match up, and you know sometimes they just are un, uh, you have unrealistic expectations. What do you do in the beginning of the process 
to set expectations because if you're not setting expectations, they somebody else will set them for you. So what do you guys do on the front end to set expectations with your clients? I would say it completely depends on the client and how you meet them. If it's on the phone and you meet them at the property for the first time, I usually have a conversation at the end of the property uh, once we walk through everything. Um, just kind of tell them about me a little bit, um, what they should expect moving forward. If let's they, let's do a let's do a, a run through. I'm your potential. You want me to be a seller or a buyer? <laughs> buyer, be the buyer, be the buyer. Right, I'm the buyer. Buyers we just order. looked at the property. All right, man. So what are we doing, Tyler? What are we doing moving forward here? What's your process? So first thing I would see: Have they ever bought a home before? Okay, I've never uh, bought a home. If you've never bought a home, so I usually walk through the process as far as all the details that go into it. Okay. Um, what are some of those details that I'm going to need to know? So first off, if you do like the house, there's usually an earnest money deposit. Okay, I love the house. So, say the house is 300000 Okay. And Texas usually 1% of the property, so $3,000. So, it's coming out. Is that coming out of my pocket, or can the bank pay for that? So, it's usually out of your pocket. Okay. Yep. And then that goes towards your closing cost, or okay. if you back out of the house after the option period, you could potentially lose that. Okay. And I always stress that because that is a. What's an option period? I do too. So, an, op- yeah. an option period is when you get the house inspected. Um, it's now, do inspection, do I, is that something that I have to set up? So it's usually out of the buyer's pocket. Okay. Um, it, and that's one of the main, if you don't like the house for any reason, that's one of the main things out of your pocket that you do have to spend. Okay. What's an inspection typically cost? So around three fifty, five hundred bucks. Okay. It depends because you can get add-ons, sprinklers, yep. outdoor buildings, termite, okay. gotcha. all those things. Okay. And we're going to recommend that you do Everything. all of it. Okay. And we normally do set up the inspection. The buyer pays for it. We'll call and okay. schedule it. Okay. Buyer the words that we the words we use is what are those words? <laughs> oh yeah, what you're on the words? spot. What are, are those words? We the words are Bailey. He was we, asking you. We, we recommend an inspection. We okay. it, we recommend an inspection. We I can't tell you. What inspector do you I use? I can't tell you how many times you've told me that. But I can tell you who I personally <laughs> use. I can't tell you how many times you've told me that. Like, we recommend an inspection. Well, like, I ain't talking about we. I'm talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> and people like, don't care. They're like you. And I, I also go as far as to sit, tell the buyers, because I've had it come back on me. This is not my inspection. This is your inspection. You're paying for it. This yeah. is your inspector. Yeah. And we, you know, from my end, from the investor side, we've, we've just said, no, I don't even need an inspection because – we're I getting, do the same. We're getting a deal, and mm-hmm. we know it, and we're buying this house as is. I don't need an inspection to tell me if i got to replace some electrical. Right. I know I'm going to have to replace Well, and stuff. the inspections, it, they honestly, a lot of times, freak the buyers out. I mean, <laughs> they make the house they really like do. it's falling apart. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. the last one I did, uh, loose tiles. Well, that's an easy fix, guys. Yeah. You go in, you put a little grout in, yeah. slap it back down. Rain caps. It's rain cap. Right. Really just, easy. Just throw it on there. Um, there there's, you know. there's 66 pages, and on every single page, there's multiple things wrong on yeah. that page. Okay. So, like, I bought a house um, in Spring Hill. It was a four-bed, two-and-a-half. It was one year old, and it was, like, a 45-page inspection. And this brand-new house sounded like it was going to cave in and yeah, kill it's, my entire family. It's scary. I mean, it, it's scary. You see, and that's a big part of our jobs is explaining the inspection and mm, making them understand good. that it's it's not falling apart. Every house has its problems, and obviously, the older house you look at, the more problems it's going to have. The longer the inspection reports. Okay. Be. Well, and you have to. I, I always try to, if you have the time, call them in, go over the inspection report in person. Like Tyler said, 
I, I know if a report's going to be good or bad mm-hmm. by the page numbers. If it's 35 pages, that means there's not a whole lot wrong. That's good. If it's 72, there's a bad report. Yeah, yeah we, got, we got some stuff to go on through. Guys, I feel like the, the last episode we did was like the, the idea of real estate. It was like the, the appetizer. We're getting into some meat and potatoes yeah. now. It yeah. came out and it's steaming. This is good stuff. <laughs> right. Well, and, and so if you, if you ask me, you've asked these two about a seller and a buyer situation. If, if a seller comes to me and says, Jensie, I've never sold a house before. I say, well, first of all, when can I meet you at the property? Yeah. I want to go walk through the property, get to know them. I take all the paperwork that's necessary, but I'm not pushy. A lot yeah. of agents will push it on them. If I feel like they want, they'll tell me, no, nah, I want a list right now. Or uh, they're kind of hem hawing. I say, look, I got this packet. I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to leave it with you. You think about it. If you want to list it, cool. If yeah. you don't, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, I like that. So I think having all your things together, I always tell people, I told Bailey, when you go to listen, take a sign with you. Yeah. I mean, you better get it in within 24 hours. Yeah. Per, you know, Is you that, know the rules. Oh, right. that's, there's rules oh, behind oh, that. Okay, right. So, okay. It didn't used to be like that. Like and I almost, okay. Oh, yeah, you did get to find it. So I almost got fined on my first one. I didn't know that. I'm like. So who goes around and is finding you? Uh, there's no all kinds. Yeah, there's all kinds wait, of wait, different Other people's. real estate agents are calling you in, aren't they? <laughs> It could it could be a real estate agent. <laughs> We're it not going to talk about that. <laughs> it could be a buyer. You know who you are. Yeah, you know who you know you know you know. <laughs> Calm down. I'm getting too excited. There are real estate police. Yep. Yes, there are people out there who take it on themselves to be the real estate police, even though they aren't the real estate police. Yeah, I mean, hey, I get it. I tell people if you if you don't want to get a fine or do anything, kind of like I told Tyler, just do it the way. Yeah, (laughs) real easy. Play by the rules. All right, so I'm your prospective buyer. I love the house. You talked to me about the inspection. Okay, the earnest money or the option money. Um, Okay, Um, you said something about an option period for this option money. What does that mean? So the option period is typically. Uh, as soon as you execute the contract, it's the next day. So as soon as everybody okay. signs, it's dated. Uh, the option period starts the next day. So okay. anywhere from, I would say, one day to ten days. Somewhere in there is typical. And that gives the the buyer time to have the inspection done so that you can go through the report, understand it, and see. Now what happens, like, if if that inspection comes back and there's exponentially a lot of stuff, that needs to be fixed. What what so happens there? The, the option period is also the ne- negotiation time. So if you okay. want to drop the price a little bit, if the seller wants to drop the price a little bit, if they want to fix all the things that's wrong with it that the buyer wants fixed, uh, that's the time that we negotiate and try and handle all that. Okay. And, so yeah. at that point, if you come back and it's a 10-day option and at day eight, you know, we get this, or say day five, we get this inspection back, we go through it, and I'm the buyer and I'm like, man, it's going to take a lot of money to, to fix that. How... What's happening then? You're going back to the seller? So first off, as soon as I get that inspection report, I usually set expectations with the potential buyer. Okay. Because if there's multiple things wrong with it and say it's $20,000, more than likely the seller's not going to fix everything. Okay. So you have to have that, uh, you have to set those expectations up front. Like, hey, just to let you know, this may not all happen. I'm definitely going to try my best to get all this stuff done for you that you want fixed. Um, and then after that, it's just negotiation process. Um from there, if everything gets worked out, moving on to rest. I mean, really, the buyer after that, as far as getting their paperwork into the lender, um, it's kind of a waiting period after that. Okay. And it, that rolls you into, you went from option to what, Bailey? 
you go option, and then after that, I mean, you're pending. Most of the time, you're waiting on appraisal to come back. Okay. Um, and there's a few different contingencies where you can get your earnest money back, option period being one, and then you can make it contingent upon loan approval. So if okay. the bank doesn't qualify, then you can get your earnest money back. Okay. And then you can also make The seller's it, got to agree to that, though, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Everyone has to sign off on Okay. That. Um, so, I mean, you can make multiple contingencies. So. Yeah. It's like doing any deal. There's a lot of options there, right? There you, are. You can work through the and it's deal. it's just whatever you can get the seller to agree upon. Like yeah. the market that we're kind of transitioning out of, like they said, there was no option periods. I mean, you're running literally no option. You can still do an inspection. But sure. It doesn't matter what it says. You have no option period. Yeah. You back out, you don't get your earnest money back. And you were competitive and paying $34,000 over yeah. asking price. And we're kind of transitioning back to where buyers are getting option periods. There's not as many competing offers. Yeah. This is a buyer's time to buy a house. If you were looking to buy a house in the last two or three years and finally gave up, I mean, this is this is your time to shine. So if this is your time to shine but interest rates are up, what are you guys telling telling buyers? Well, Talk I mean, about interest rates. Interest rates are really not – I mean, they're higher than they have been. But, I mean, look, 10 years ago, this this was the normal. We were just in a, in a period where 2% interest rates just aren't a thing, and now we're back to the normal, and people are kind of stunned waiting for them to go down. But – the way I see it, a lot of people that are waiting for interest rates to go down are the same people three years ago waiting for housing prices to go down, and they went up another forty percent. <laughs> I mean, so, they're still waiting. And, so, I mean, and, yeah, he he's right. I mean, get get in where you fit in. I mean, you can either jump in and ride the roller coaster, you can sit here and watch me ride the ride, and you know I can go up and sell, then come down and buy, then come back up yeah. and sell again. And Y'all think that how because interest rates are going. <clears throat> You change the affordability of a property is yeah, what happens yeah. with an interest rate. So you gotta, you know, you're either if you're either changing your expectations as as a buyer or a seller that your three hundred thousand dollar house may sell for two fifty, yeah. right? Or from the same side as as a buyer, you're trying to get that three hundred at two fifty, or you're just looking at two fifties, right? Because yeah. most people make their buying assessment on what they can afford based on the monthly note. Yeah. Have you ever, you know, besides cash deals, people that just have cash and said, I'm going to buy this house, so interest rate doesn't matter. Is that the number one thing that people are making on the financial side of the decision? Besides, like, liking the house and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a lot of buyers that I actually work up the monthly payment before okay. we even go see the house to mm-hmm. make sure that they're comfortable with that and they're okay with that. What's a 30-year um, right now interest rate on that? Uh, seven seven point two five, I think. Seven two five, seven and a half, depending on your credit score. What's ATI. what's a what are commercial rates going right now? Twenty years, eight. Okay. Well, seven and a half right now, but they may jump up to eight. I thought. I think that uh, I, I've had I had one quote on an investment deal um, for one of my investors, and his bank quoted him eight. Now there's mm-hmm. some some hometown banks that are quoting you know six and a quarter. Okay. Um, not and that's probably not on commercial. Yeah, that's more of you know like duplex. Okay, and probably on an arm, not a fixed. Yeah, okay. that that most of them are going to be on an arm. I think some of them are fixed for five. Okay, um, but I'm I'm with you. Like we talked about in the last episode, who who I say who cares about the rate on the on the investor side of it? It's just it is a piece of the puzzle. So I'm not gonna, who cares is a little bit of a strong statement. But it's just one piece of the puzzle. Yeah, if you're making money, what's the point? You're not you're not paying the rate. That's yeah. right. And if you it's have, as an investor, and your buy box is, okay, I'm going to do this as an investment, and I want to make $350 per door cash flow per month. Okay, 
if everything lines up and your rate's 42%, you buy it. I mean, if it's yeah. cash flowing, it's cash flowing. And if, right. you, if, if you're making 350 and it's 42%, imagine it at 5%, you're going to make like $35,000. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's see, pretty and, insane. And that's something else to think about on the investor view of things. Interest rates go up. Normally, so does rent. Because, I mean, like, yeah. like I just bought two sets of duplexes, four yeah. doors. I got a 5.75. I closed on those about a month ago. Um, so naturally I'm raising the rent because my payment is higher. So in you order have for to. me to cash flow, the rent's going to go up. You have well, to. Well, and it's not all about cash flow. He's the landlord. If the fence falls down, it's on him. If the AC breaks, right. it's on him. Yeah. The property taxes are on him. The roof's on him. Everything's on landlords. And yes. so people don't understand. It's not just about cash flow. We have to build up cash flow to make those repairs. Yeah. That's yes. why you're renting because you don't want that burden. That's right. To take that on. That's right. We're taking it on, but it's going to be at a, yeah. at a cost. And you, you may not, you know, they may not also want the burden of, of having to make that commitment for a house. Yeah. You know, uh, for I, the paying the note for right. thirty years. It or is a huge commitment. And oh it my is goodness! Very very scary. But that's also why we encourage, recommend home warranties. I like that. Recommend. We recommend. We said, home he said, warranties. guys, he said, recommend. Highly recommend home warranties. Right. I mean, they can save you. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, you can get a home warranty for say around five hundred bucks, and and just like um, inspections, there's add-ons you can do if there's a pool or a sprinkler system or a septic yeah. system. So I mean, that covers you for well, up to and, a year. and the seller doesn't have to just buy it; he can buy it. What's exactly. a typical home warranty cost? Is it a percentage no, of five, the sale? No, it's about five hundred bucks. That's it. Standard. Yeah. yeah. What does that cover? It covers uh, all that stuff you just AC, some refrigerator, refrigerator, Can I buy a home warranty on a rehab deal? Yes. You can. Yeah. Yes. But. If you're thinking, hey, the AC's shot. No, the AC's got to work. And you got to get it up to. You have to get it up to speed. Right. You have to prove that whatever you're trying to get a, a claim on has worked at one point in time after you purchased the property. Okay. And okay. and there's caps on it. So like we had somebody come to our office and um, talk to us about home warranty. Somebody that was with a uh, it was Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And um, like AC, they have a cap on AC. So you're not going to go out and say, yeah, well my AC just went out. I need ten thousand dollars for the yeah. AC unit. Um. But there's, I mean, they just have different rules and regulations on caps and stuff okay. like that. But it does it, help. It covers a lot of stuff. Better than pulling it out of your pocket. It is. Dang and right. your deductible's really not and that, that that's, high. That's Seventy five bucks. That's yeah. cheap. 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 Yeah. Cheap. All right. So what are like you get through? We're going back to the setting expectations. You get through. We've talked about uh, earnest money, option period, uh, all those things. The inspection. Um, we haven't talked about. Sorry, we didn't talk about earnest money. Did we? No, we? We touched on it. We, a we touched bit. on it. Okay. But one very crucial part before you even go look at a house, when you get a lead, ask them if they are already pre approved. Because if you're not pre approved, that okay. is very crucial. So okay. if they're wanting to look at a $300,000 house, but they're only approved for $165,000, well, you're wasting time looking at this a ain't go well. And house. This, this all goes back to how you got the lead. If it was over a phone call, if it's people you know. You guys are qualifying people yep. on the front end all that's, the time. Yep. That's a good. That's a good point. We had a business. I used to have a business. Uh, we did Christmas lighting, and after the first, it took us two years to figure this out. But um, we figured out that I was going out on sales calls, and we were only closing like twenty percent, maybe ten. I don't know. It was low, and we started qualifying people over the phone, basically giving them an example of prices of what yep. the, this item cost or what it could cost them, and then our our actual sales calls went, or our sales visits went down, and our closing rate went up to about 50%, because we already knew 
they could do it if they mm-hmm. wanted to when we got there. Right. right. So what are some what are some things that a potential buyer or seller would need? To, let's say a buyer, they're going through the process. You're in earnest period, and you've got all this stuff like from the bank that is required or whatever. Like, what are a few nuggets that they would need to know going through that process? So it depends if they're 1099 or W two. Oh my goodness, we're gonna get into this. <laughs> oh, Holy moly! Yeah, if you're 1099. I just I just oh. ran into this problem. So a guy I've been working with for three years. He uh he just got let go of his job. He's already got another one that's doing pretty much the same thing, but he's W two to ten ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's hard. And he's been he's been looking for three years, trying to find him a house, trying to find him the perfect deal for him. And if you are ten ninety nine and you're out there and you're listening to this and you're trying to buy a house, get ready. If you do not at the end of the year, if your taxes don't show a bunch of income and if you haven't done it for a bunch of years, yeah, you're you gonna have a hard time. You need at least two years. Yeah, but that and so I actually have a good friend of mine that uh, he was looking at selling his house, and he's ten ninety nine. So he was he was expecting to be able to sell his house this year, buy a new one, mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote everything off. It, it only showed like a little bit of income, so not able to get approved. Here's a hack, guys, right. and I had to do this when we bought our first house. Our first house that my wife and I bought, long time, uh, two thousand five. Guy calls me and says, hey, do you want to buy my house? And I said, absolutely. I can't afford it, though. He said, I'll <laughs> finance it for you. I was broke as a joke, bro, living on love. And he said, I'll finance it for you until you can get a bank to do it. Awesome. I'm in. Great. Okay, so he financed it for us for two or three years. And then um, we went to a bank to get a loan. Could not get approved because I own my own business. So at a certain point, I had to... If you're 1099, I'm just going to break it down to you in this way. If you're 1099, start an LLC to where whoever is paying you that 1099 money goes into an LLC. And then from that LLC, pay yourself a W-2 wage. That's going to be the the quickest and easiest way for you to actually get approved by a bank. That's what I do with my real estate company. Otherwise, you're going to be jumping through a bunch of hoops. And it's a tax break now. Well, it's it's a tax break for sure. And, you know... you need to build a relationship with a local bank. Yeah, you, that's absolutely. what I was going to recommend. 100%. I mean, the, I, Community Bank probably gave me loans, you know, when I was young that they, you know, wouldn't give the regular Joe. Why? They had the and they still bank. do. Well, I mean, just because, the, you know, the income wasn't there. Some of it's risky. Yeah, and but why did they decide to take a risk on you? Well, I, I think, you know, I've been there a long time, and my dad – uh, before he passed away, he did a lot of business with Community Bank, yeah. and uh, you know he he talked to him before he did pass away and said you know take care of my boys and, and they've honored that and I can appreciate awesome. that um, that he you know that the bank has taken some risk um, to hold you know loans that they may not do for everybody but they know the determination that we have to make it work. You built a trust. Your dad opened that door, and you built the trust right. factor. Right. That's awesome. Guys, let's jump into, from a real estate agent perspective, you guys have a lot of things that you have to stay on top of to get a deal done. There's a lot of T's to cross, I's to dots, and they're coming at you from from all angles at all times. What are y'all doing, and if you're not doing doing them, what do you know that you need to do to optimize some of those things so that you can focus on what's actually making you the money and not have to do those 
low-end tasks that you know are low-end? I'm like, your your eyes are going like, hmm. Well, I mean, if we're talking about you're, the you're state new, organized. So, yeah. I mean, it goes back to what we talked about in the last episode. I'm a big fan, as are these two guys, of writing every single thing down. And I got it from him. He has a whiteboard in his office. He writes all his closings. He writes yeah. his dates down. So, when I first started, I had one deal. Well, last month I closed $1.1 million. I had six deals going at one yeah. time as an agent, and I was, at the time, three months in. So I wrote every single thing down on a whiteboard. That way, every time when I walk in my office, see I it. see a date. I say, okay, well, my option period's up on this date, which is a huge, huge thing as an agent. If you yeah. screw up and you miss an option period, you cost somebody a lot of money, and at the end of the day, I'm going to end up covering their earnest money if they mm-hmm. back out. So option period, close date, what are we waiting on? Appraisal inspection, why are we waiting on it? Follow up. Um, and following up, I think, is a huge deal with staying on top of people because people forget stuff. And yeah. referrals. Referrals, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's big. If you if you walk into uh, any of our offices and you see the whiteboard there, uh, also something that it does, for me at least, is it triggers me. If I see that my board's getting skinny – I'm like, yeah, yeah I time. need to go to work. Time to I also go. put my potential listings. If I don't have, if it, there's a zero up there, I'm going and beating doors to find a listing. Yeah. Or two or three or four or five. Yeah. That's there. when that's when those calls happen. He's like, Shane, do you know anybody <laughs> trying to sell something? <laughs> hey, yep. Shane, yeah, you got any you got uh, anything you need to sell? He's, he's like going through my properties. Hey, do you want to sell that one? You ready to sell that one? You ready to sell that one? I'm like, no, I'm not. These are cash flowing. <laughs> but yeah, man. you got to do it, right? See, you it, need to. Yeah. And yeah. that may trigger me to think, oh, uh, Jimmy told me you want to sell his house. Well, you yeah. did that this year. Did I? Yeah. Who'd you and you? your wife. Uh, oh, in Hallsville, that yep. one? Yeah. You see, and I think investors are like a real estate agent's greatest asset because in times right now when nobody wants to buy, a lot of investors are jumping on it because you can get properties cheaper than you could last year. I want to talk about that investor mindset from a real estate agent. When we started to get in the game, my wife and I started to get in the game and my brother and some other partners of wanting to invest in real estate, we had the hardest time, this is before I met you, we had the hardest time finding a real estate agent that understood real estate from an investor standpoint mm-hmm. right it's a it's it's a hard thing to find and great on you guys for actually doing it and being in it so that you can understand that game too because you offer <coughs> so much more to an investor when you're actually doing it yourself and understanding yeah. that game as well oh yeah 100 percent because you know what your what your expectations are and they're yeah. going to have the same expectations or greater and mm-hmm. I always let my investors know that I am an investor, <laughs> but I'm not a competing investor. I'm not right, going to yeah. buy. So if we go look at a property and I think it looks good, I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm selling it to you. Right. Yeah. You have a, a, a big responsibility to right. maintain that relationship. Right. Um, but, but it also helps our clients because we know what to look for when we're looking yes. at a property. If we're walking a property with you and. I see something that would throw a red flag to me. Why I wouldn't buy it? Well, I'm going to point yeah. that out to you. Where some agents that don't own investment properties and don't have the view of an investor, they yeah. don't see those things. They yeah. just walk that comes down and try to, to make a sale. That comes down to single family too, though. Yeah, yeah. you see a lot it more does. problems in investment properties than you do in single family. So okay. you're able to point those out a lot quicker. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's good. Let's go back to optimize a little bit. Uh, to do as much as you do, there's task that you have to optimize and outsource, right? You At the moment, you don't have somebody working with you specifically, like a secretary or anything, right? No, no, not right now. Bailey, do you need a job? 
I've, I've, I stay on him. Okay. I, th- I think Genty needs my guidance okay. <laughs> for $25 an hour. But Ooh. there's got to be, not too long ago we talked about your hourly rate, and I'm not going to say it, but you figured up based on what you make every year, right. and you divide it by how many hours you work in a week, you come up with, I make this per hour. Right. And everything that you do, you're comparing against that to make sure it's worth your time. Correct. Not in a stupid way or a, a boastful way or anything like that, but when, when we take on task, if you do all your own laundry and that costs you two hours a week and you know you make this per hour and you just said, I just spent this money doing my laundry when I could pay this money. Those are the kind of things that I'm talking about. Outside, like your personal stuff, what are you what are you optimizing your outsource? And then the things inside of real estate, what are those super, tell me some of those super low-end tasks that do not really provide a return and, and absolutely don't fill your cup. I'll start that off with anywhere that you are, you can always be selling. Mm. Okay, that's one. Now, doing laundry, my beautiful wife won't let me touch the laundry because she says I mess it up. So I, I wait. Did, did you she, do you mess it up on purpose? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I get the same thing. Um, she's like, "Don't touch it." I'm like, do "You not, want me to help you with the laundry?" Like, no, you don't, don't touch. You it. don't know how to do it. You don't know how to fold a towel right. Sometimes you, just, you do things poorly in order to not have to do them at yeah, all. Well, don't give the secrets away, okay? <laughs> Listen, laundry at my house, I I don't, I rarely do it. But there's, you know, I've been married for almost eighteen years. I wouldn't, I've never complained about not having clean clothes, and I will never complain. I, if I don't have any underwear, it's a day without underwear, <laughs> or I'm going to Walmart to buy some underwear. I, you, you don't kn- do the inside-out trick? No, I've no, never, I've oh never done gosh. that. I've never done that. Tyler, you're cheap. I um, you no. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I I equate that to, like, a haircut. Yeah. It's a lot of wasted time if you let it be wasteful. Yesterday, I gave the people that cut my hair some hoodies. Sweet. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. So, if you can take those tasks and, one, like, you know, eating lunch. Uh, do, you, do if you know your hour, hourly value, are you going to order that? And is it going to be worth your time to order mm-hmm. that? Um, going to the grocery store. They yeah. have an Instacart. Yeah. So sometimes I, I really do like going to the grocery store because I can get what I need. But there are times when I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And so it's worth 10 bucks to do that because I can be out prospecting. But yeah. again, if you go in the store and you see somebody, you talk to them, you know, I feel like you don't have to sell them, but you, by just engaging, you're, you're selling. being, uh, it's branding, right? Yeah. It's branding. You're in front, you're in front of people when they, when they get to a point where they do want to sell something, they're going to typically remember the person that they've seen the most. Right. That's well, it. And from our last episode, that's how I found Genty when I was looking to get into real estate. Um, I saw his face everywhere. You know, he's got the limo wrapped yeah. with his face on it. I mean, he, he's just everywhere. So I literally just called him up. I was like, hey, you know, this is kind of where I'm at. This what is where I man. Let's go. And raise uh, sale. Yep. And here we are, you know. That's a awesome. Year, year and a half later. You mentioned a haircut, and that kind of triggered something for me. I think it's important to, to view things from a few different lenses as far as guys that are as busy as us or as um, there's just we've got a lot going on, right? Um, there's always something coming at us 
we also need to have those times of just quietness and silence and mindfulness. I use a haircut. Now, obviously, I have not done that in a <laughs> while. But when I get a haircut, I use that as quiet quiet time and mindfulness and make sure I'm putting my phone on do not disturb and having a conversation with the person that's right in front of me. I think that's so lost in today in our age that when you get that from somebody sitting in this room right here, right now, we're totally focused on what we're doing. We're totally focused on the conversation between each other. It's freeing and relaxing because your mind is on one thing. This is not something that randomly happens. This is not a coincidence. This is how the Lord made us. It's it's part of our DNA. Right. When, when and I've told this story to so many people. When we first met this guy um, at a house that we were looking to sell, he came out uh, before before rehab. We weren't even close to being done, right? No, I think y'all were putting up that retaining wall. And, and we're probably a month or two out. Right. Um, I remember having a eye-to-eye conversation. I could hear his phone vibrating in his back pocket, but he didn't touch it, grab it, pull it out, nothing. It was, hey, I'm focused on you. This is what I'm here for. I'm making this a priority. And that was the first impression. And I think when we make first impressions like that on people, no matter what industry we are in, we're going to be the go-to because it's so far-fetched in our world today to not be distracted. Um, Distraction is, is such a... I mean, you, you, we can all pull our phone up and scroll through, you know, Facebook or TikTok videos or YouTube videos and, and get lost in the wormhole for three hours. And do we feel any better? Do we feel any more fulfilled when we get done with that? No, you honestly feel better when you're doing something like this versus mm-hmm. doing that. I mean, you can look at all of our phones and they probably have calls and texts. Yeah, and, and think, it's hard to, it's really hard to balance it. And sometimes you have to step back and say, oh, I got to put this thing down. For yeah, like this is valuable what we're doing here right now is valuable for other people watching. Yeah. And it's also valuable for us to really be able to focus on something. But I think that's a key aspect in people that are whatever your own definition of success is, but to be able to locate and lock in on a target and see nothing but that target and finish before you move to something else. I mean, I think that's a big right. key to being successful. That's good. How many times have you guys been trying to get something done like that's imp- that's really important, and that you know it needs to be at the top of your priority list, but your phone just keeps going. Well, as real estate agents, that's all it does. As a builder, that's all it does. What if I just sat here in the whole podcast, y'all are you talking and went <laughs> like that's annoying and distracting. Right. There's there's studies out there that say that, and, and it's hard it's hard to do. It's hard to. To really live this way, but there's studies out there that say that if you can get locked in on a target, it takes you about um, 20, I think 28 minutes or 24 minutes. I don't know. It's up there, 20 minutes or so. If you get distracted during that, it takes another 20 something minutes mm-hmm. to get locked, like truly locked back in. Right. And have have you guys ever had moments where you sit down to do something and you're and you're totally locked in and you look up six hours later? Yep. Yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. And you're like, man, that was. <laughs> That was the most productive that I've been in two months. Right. And I got more work done in that six hours that I was locked in than I've got done in two weeks. Well, and you have to. I think that you, a lot of times you can do that. Like, I, I, me personally, I get up, I'll I'll work uh, for two hours just pencil whipping stuff, and then I have to get up, walk around, take a break. Yeah. I'll make a phone call, and then, you know, or whoever's called me, try to play catch up. But also you have to realize in the real estate game is it never shuts down. Mm-hmm. So that's the hardest task is trying to – I mean, I put mine on silent, turn it upside down. Yeah. 
at certain points because I'm like, I can't. I'm just going to have to play catch up. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. See, and especially with, which we don't have kids, but when you get home and you have to take care of kids and, you know, be the family man, you mm-hmm. can't necessarily just turn work off. So I think it's a balance right. thing as well. All right, what, so my phone's ringing. We're just put it on sound. Yeah, what is this? Oh, I did. It's on Do, do Not Disturb, but there's only the people on my favorites. Sugar Mama. Only the people on my favorites <laughs> actually come through. Courtney's going to be upset. She sees this podcast and sees that you have a Sugar Mama. I love you, baby. <laughs> I think you're actually on my favorites. Let's check and see if you're on my favorites because you would be one that comes through when I have my – and I have my phone on Do Not Disturb probably four to six hours a day. Look at there. You're yep. on there. I'm not going to look at you. He didn't, wa- didn't want to miss a deal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to miss a deal. <laughs> Guys, y'all got anything to add? Finish up? I I, I mean, I think that uh, these two guys, honestly – well, first of all, I want to start. I didn't say it earlier, and I forgot. Happy Happy Veterans Day. Yeah, happy, today is Veterans Day. That, uh, it won't be by the time people it, watch this. but It won't yeah, be, but well, we yeah. did uh, film it on Veterans Day, so I want to say that, but – these and two, thank you. These, thank you to the veterans out there. Appreciate you guys and, and the sacrifice y'all make. Absolutely. These two guys work really hard. Uh, I, I help facilitate bring them, bringing them on. I think that they, they do great. They, they're they honest and they care about their clients. And if if you're needing somebody that's full-time, any of us, these two guys be happy to help you. And um, even if you just want some knowledge about what's going on and you're not going to buy or sell right now, Call one of us because we can help you. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's today or a year. We thoroughly love doing this, and so it's not about making the money right then. It's it's about meeting people, uh, growing connections, and and helping. I love it. So if somebody's looking, actually looking to sell right now, um, would you rather them call Tyler, Bailey, or you? I'd, I'd rather call Tyler and Bailey and okay. let them co-list it. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do These it. guys Say will get it taken care of. And if they don't get it taken care of, they'll <laughs> hear that, from me. That's when it, that's when it rolls up, up the chain to yeah. you. Okay. So co- you guys are going to have some co-listing coming up. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for that. You're going to have to work together. <laughs> yeah. They work together well, or are they like brothers? No, they actually they actually do. They went and played golf yesterday, okay. like little school kids. And okay. we're, uh, you know, I think – Tyler missed a bunch of shots. Yeah, 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 I definitely yeah. outshot him. <laughs> happens every time. So I shot a uh, he shot like a one twelve. No, don't. That's no. A, wow. That's no. a good thing wow. about our our company and Ramsey is it's it's like a family. That's awesome. And it we is. like hanging out and, and it, we can we can make things we can get things done and have a good time. Yeah, let's do it. All right, appreciate y'all joining us today. If you would hit those buttons at the bottom, like, share, subscribe. And uh, remember, love God, love others, and let your work reflect that. We'll catch you on the next one.